Welcome, everybody, to the next episode of the All Access USL podcast. It has been a crazy weekend game-wise. A lot of big upsets, a lot of high-scoring games in general. Just absolute madness that you would expect from the USL championship. Um, And we have a lot to review from these games, and we have a lot of games to preview today. Well, we have four games to preview today. We have a lot of games coming up. We have three games tomorrow um, on Wednesday, June 1st. We have a game on Thursday, June 2nd, a game on Friday, June 3rd, and then a bunch of games over the weekend. As per usual, we are truly getting into the thick of the USL Championship Summer, and I couldn't be more excited because it means that the craziness is only just beginning and we know what the summer brings. It's a lot. Um, one order of business before we get started. I do have plans to integrate USL League One um, news, previews, stuff like that. Around the time of the last uh, USL League One games, I think doing a roundup of the season would be a good way to start it. And then we can move freshly into USL League One alongside the USL Championship um, in the offseason and when the seasons restart for 2023. But that's just my plans for right now. Things could change, but that's what I think I'm going to do right now. But we have a lot of games to review today. So let's jump right into it. We have New York Red Bulls 2 against the Birmingham Legion. Now, heading into this game, New York Red Bulls 2 were 13th in the East, and they leave this game 14th in the East uh, due to Charleston's absolute madness against Loudoun. We'll get to that when we get to that game. But this was just a game showing how New York Red Bulls 2 are kind of taking the season. They are kind of just a development team at this point. They're not really... Going for it, they could. Jordan Adebayo-Smith getting the only goal this game. Him, AJ Marcucci, and Derek Chan, who has come in for AJ Marcucci in recent games in goal, have been the only real bright spots in this team. So you can kind of see where they're going. It's all about development right now, just getting players game time instead of results, it seems. And I would guess that New York Rebels 2 will leave the USL Championship this season in... Um, to head to MLS Next Pro. I think we're all expecting that. It's just a matter of, will anybody take their place? Obviously, we have Queensboro coming in next year. Will that be the only replacement? We have an Iowa team coming soon. So we'll see. Uh, Birmingham Legion's goals come off of Enzo Martinez in the 12th minute and Marlon Santos in the 81st for Birmingham Legion's 2-1 win. They are now within a point, I believe, of 7th place in the East, which is that last playoff spot. Even though it is still early in the season, being in the playoffs, no matter what time of the season it is, is absolutely what you want. Um, And Birmingham, with a talented side that they have, will be, I wouldn't say happy, but will be happier to be closing in on that playoff spot after the disappointing start to the season that they had. Um, Atlanta United 2, Orange County ends nil-nil. Pretty um, I would say standard for what we've seen from these sides this year. Atlanta United 2, again, seem to be focusing more on development of their players. 
they do have good players that seemingly could feature for Atlanta United in the future, but it seems like Atlanta United 2 will be another team like New York, New York Red Bulls 2 who pull out of USL Championship this season in favor of MLS Next Pro. Next year, we shall see. That's just speculation, but based off results and how the season is going, stuff like that, that seems the most plausible thing. Orange County, on the, on the other hand, another disappointing result. Can't get it over on Atlanta United 2. Um, the reigning champions really not putting up much of a fight. 11th in the West uh, right now. Not much else to it. You really have to start wondering when things will change there. They have... The attack, Milan Oloski has six goals. He's up there in the goal-scoring charts. But other than that, they've been pretty disappointing. And the game was showing both sides. Disappointing. So, not much else to cover there. Um, and then the last game on Friday, we have Las Vegas Lights against El Paso. El Paso coming away with a 1-0 win in Las Vegas Another big win for El Paso after the rocky start. Not even rocky, the abysmal start that they had. It is a fantastic win away from home. Luis Salignac even getting sent off with his second yellow in the 44th minute. They come away with a Dylan Mara's 62nd minute strike to take all three points. El Paso, top goal scorers as of now in the USL Championship. And Las Vegas, after that incredible start to the season where they topped the West a few games in, have fallen off massively. Um, and who knows what is in store for them. They still have the talent, clearly. They were able to do it at the beginning of the season. Um, can they pick it back up as we head into the summer? Things get crazy during the summer. So it's absolutely possible. But I don't know. The players as a whole, seem to be taking a big dip in form, which is disappointing because seeing teams like Las Vegas, who you didn't really think had a shot towards the beginning of the season, overperform is nice, but to see them settle back into where you think they would be, it just makes sense um, as the season goes on. Next up, Louisville 4, Tulsa 1. Now, this was a very difficult game to watch if you were a Tulsa fan. They have conceded an incredibly disappointing amount of goals um, in these past couple games. They are now the league leaders in goals conceded with 28. And they even scored first in this game at Lynn Family Stadium. They take a shock early lead thanks to Brown in the 34th minute. But it's a classic Louisville. Louisville are... The well-rounded team this year, it feels like. San Diego Loyal, um, I would say are close behind, but San Diego have been um, not on it for the past couple games. So I'd say Louisville are above them right now. Phoenix, we've obviously seen that they are not the Phoenix that we have been accustomed to the past couple of seasons, at least for right now. They could grow back into it, but for right now, they are not that team. Tampa Bay, not really. New Mexico, maybe. Memphis, maybe. But, I don't know. Detroit, 
honestly, I would give them a shout as well. Um, for a first season team, that is incredible that Detroit are as well-rounded as they are. But I will give it to Louisville. Um, after that Brown goal, it's Cameron Lancaster in the 45th or 45 plus three. And then again in the 53rd minute. And then it's an Abuchi Abinwa own goal in the 65th minute. And to top it all off, Calvin Harris, who has been an absolute masterclass since signing with Louisville um, in the offseason. He tops it off with a 92nd minute goal. It's 4-1 for Louisville. They're on an absolute runner. They are probably the best, if not one of the best, if not the best team in the USL Championship right now. San Antonio are definitely up there with Louisville. But between those two, I I honestly don't. Louisville might edge it. San Antonio might edge it. We shall see uh, soon. Next up, we have Indy 11 against New Mexico United. New Mexico United are slowly and surely climbing up the table and a good win against a fringe playoff team in Indy 11. Uh, New Mexico United start off fantastic with a Justin Portillo goal in the 38th minute and then an absolute howler, howler from Jerome in the 63rd. The own goal, he passes it back to his goalkeeper, um, actually, I don't remember who passed. I don't know who, um, well, I know who the own goal has been given to, but I don't know how they determined it because someone passes it back. Presumably Jerome gets a slight touch, but it bounces over his foot. Brian Meredith isn't there in the goal and it goes into the net. Disastrous for them. They do get a goal back. Thanks to Stefano Pino in the 80th minute, but it's too little too late. New Mexico United leave Indy with all three points, um, and that's big. Indy haven't been... I thought they'd be better this year. They have been better that this year. Last year was disappointing. I thought they'd be a good playoff team last year. They were not. They finished outside the playoffs. This year, they're fringe, and it seems like that's all they're really going to be. They can't find their footing in big games like this. Um, as the season goes on, we're only about 10 to 13 games into the season. So there's still plenty of room to grow. But right now, I don't see Indy getting higher than a fringe playoff team, unfortunately. But New Mexico United continue to grow week in and week out. And I'm excited to see um, what they can do throughout the summer, for sure. And talking about a team not really growing, but on the bounce back, we move into Hartford against Phoenix. Hartford lose 2-1 at home. Another disappointing loss. They take the lead thanks to Prince Sadie in the 20th minute. But it's Lambert in the 35th and Greg Hurst in the 37th. So two goals in two minutes give Phoenix the 2-1 win away from home against Hartford. This was a much-needed win for Phoenix coming off of the massive loss against New Mexico United. Kind of a confidence builder. A lot of big losses. Before that New Mexico United loss, you might remember the 5-1 home loss against Tampa Bay, where they had a bunch of starters. Um, so that was definitely a morale killer. But this game, even against Hartford, who have been struggling early on this season, this will be a feel-good win for sure for Phoenix. Uh, next up, we have Loudon against Charleston, and this was an incredible game. To start off, Dexter scores 
for Loudon in the 76th minute. It seems like Loudon will be on their way to a crucial victory. Um, and for Loudon this season, I can't really tell whether this will be their last season. Will they move to MLS Next Pro? Will they continue? This doesn't, this obviously, these second teams are all about growth and development. But for Loudon, it seems like they do actually want to put uh, pressure on these teams and they do want to fight for the playoffs. But it's hard to tell. In the 85th minute, Hope Gund gets sent off for Loudon United. It's going to be a shaky couple minutes, you feel, but Charleston have been um, nothing short of terrible since the first game of the season. But who would have thought Joe Kuzminski, their goalkeeper, in the 95th minute, the fifth minute of stoppage time, comes up for the corner, scores the game-tying goal, calls for maybe goalie interference on uh, Joe Kuzminski, but the goal stands. Charleston get their equalizer, and with this point, Charleston move off the bottom of the East above New York Red Bulls 2. Granted, Charleston are still only on five points for the season, but to move off the bottom of the table, who knows, maybe this will do something to help push for results in coming games. I don't know. I can only speculate, but you would think a goal like that would do something to push them um, in the upcoming games for sure. But a good draw for Charleston, a disappointing result for Loudon, who had it in their grasp for nine-ish minutes. Not nine-ish minutes, about nine, 20 minutes. So disappointing for Loudon. Up next, we move to RGV against San Antonio. RGV are a difficult team to gauge right now. They're pretty low in the Western Conference standings, but they are a decent side. San Antonio, however, first in the West on 27 points. They are the cream of the crop of the West. Absolutely for sure. I think a lot of people expected that, but to finally see it happen, it just makes sense to see San Antonio up there. Um, Justin Dillon scores in the 26th minute to give San Antonio the lead. And then Cabezas equalizes for RGV in the 41st. Then it's Mitchell Tainter who pops up with another goal in the 62nd minute. He has been on fire defensively and offensively for San Antonio this year. A definitely good quality pickup for them. Then it's Pimentel who gets sent off for RGV, kind of condemning their fate in this game. It's a Justin Dillon goal again in the 87th minute. He comes up with a brace. He has been fantastic ever since he signed with San Antonio. Herrera Ibarra gives RGV a consolation goal in the 92nd minutes, but it's too little too late. San Antonio leave Texas with all three points. Um, another good result for San Antonio. Um, and it seems like they're pretty unstoppable right now. So we shall see in coming games how good they really are, but I see a lot of promise heading into the summer for San Antonio. And it seems like this year, should they make the playoffs, which I believe they will, this year could be their year. A lot of disappointment in the past seasons from San Antonio. They were good last year, but they fell short. 
this year, um, I think they have a great chance. Now, next up, we have a game with a lot of classic USL Championship chaos. It was delayed, delayed, delayed. Finally kicked off, I believe, around 10 p.m. Finishes around midnight. It is just a fantastic story. But Pittsburgh, it's Miami-Pittsburgh, by the way. I guess I should have said that to begin with. But Miami take on Pittsburgh at Ricardo Silva Stadium. Rain delayed for about three-ish hours. Maybe, no, I believe about five hours. Um, But when the game finally starts, it's Russell Cicerone for Pittsburgh to give them the lead in the 38th minute. Pops up again with a goal. Miami, however, equalized through Reed in the 47th minute. The second second minute of added on time in the first half. Or no. Sorry. Miami take the lead in the 24th minute through Palacios. Then Russell Cicerone equalizes in the 38th minute. Miami take the lead again in the 47th minute, thanks to Reed. And then it's Alexander Dixon in the 54th minute to give Pittsburgh the equalizer. Um, decent game. Pittsburgh showing their quality once again. Miami have had plenty of opportunities to seal games this year. Um, and I think that inability to finish games off is one of their biggest problems and that's why they're they're in the playoffs they have a quality side but they're lower in the playoffs if they can finish games off they will jump positions higher in the playoffs around that third fourth mark i believe but right now they're lingering around sixth seventh definitely not where they should be but based off how they've been playing that's definitely where they deserve to be pittsburgh however a quality point away from home they'll be happy with that especially against uh, opposition such as miami Next up, we have Oakland against Sacramento. Oakland still able to hold off of the bottom of the Western Conference, even after Monterey Bay's win, which we'll get to. Um, But Oakland get the one-all draw against Sacramento. Sacramento do take the lead um, in the 42nd minute, thanks to a Luis Felipe strike. But Otar Magnus Carlsen with another goal. He has been fantastic since his loan in from Venezia, he gives Oakland the lead in the 81st minute. So big props to Otar Magnus Carlsen, kind of carrying this Oakland side on his shoulders. Next up, San Diego Loyal away to LA Galaxy 2. San Diego Loyal go up 2-0 pretty quickly. A Charlie Adams strike in the 16th minute and a Kyle Vassell goal in the 30th minute. And then a Kyle Vassell missed penalty. They don't take their chance to go 3-0 up. And that allows LA Galaxy 2 to rally back late on in the game. In the third minute of second half stoppage time, it's Preston Judd to half the deficit. LA Galaxy now trail 2-1. And then it's Davila, a PK in the eighth minute of second half stoppage time to equalize for LA Galaxy 2. A quality point at home for a second team side against quality USL championship opposition in the San Diego Loyal, who I believe are third in the West right now. They haven't been great in their past five to six games, but they still have that quality where you think they'll be able to push through it in the coming games for sure. And then we finish off these previews with my personal game of the weekend. It was incredible. It's Monterey Bay against the Colorado Springs switchbacks. 
a 4-2 win for Monterey Bay. Absolutely fantastic stuff. They take the lead through Hugh Roberts in the 44th minute. The defender getting the goal. Monterey Bay. Absolutely fantastic. Then it's Sam Gleedle popping up in the 51st minute. He has been fantastic as of late for Monterey Bay. Uh, big props to Sam Gleedle. It's Haji Berry to half the deficit in the 54th minute. Hey, he's been starting to pick up the pace goal scoring wise for Colorado Springs. Not exactly on pace as he was last year, but he's still scoring goals um, consistently for switchbacks at this rate. Um, but Rebayar for Monterey Bay in the 73rd minute seemingly puts it to bed. And then a fantastic finish from Chase Boone in the third minute of second half stoppage time. Close range, near post, past Jeff Caldwell. What more could you want? Seals the deal. A 4-1 lead. Elvis Amo does get a 97th minute consolation for Colorado Springs switchbacks. But that only makes it 4-2. Monterey Bay walk away with yet another massive victory against top quality Western Conference opposition. Granted, Monterey Bay is still rooted to the bottom of the Western Conference table. But this Monterey Bay side is giving off Oakland vibes from last year. They started off relatively poor. Granted, that was because of the massive run of away games. But now that they've got home games and now that they've got momentum, this really feels like a Monterey Bay side that can string together something special. And I believe they can, especially heading into the summer. With that, we are finished with the reviews of this weekend's past games. And we're going to head into a quick break before our next session. And we are back. Now, we are moving on to the Wednesday game previews and the Thursday game preview. And then we'll finish off with a few stats um, to take with you heading in to the next couple weeks. Um, but the first game we're going to start off with is Atlanta United 2 against RGV. Atlanta United 2 head into this game 11th in the East. And then RGV head into this game 10th in the West. Atlanta United 2 currently has their top goal scorer as Jackson Conway with four goals. RGV's top goal scorer is Frank Lopez with four goals. And Atlanta United 2 in their past five games currently have one draw and four losses. For RGV, it's not actually too shabby. Two wins and three losses for a possible um, for six points out of a possible 15. Atlanta United 2 a point out of a possible 15. So definitely um, differing ends of the spectrum. RGV towards the middle. Um, Atlanta United towards the bottom of the point gaining um, in their past five games. And that's definitely what we've garnered um, for sure from these. That's definitely what I've garnered from these teams. Uh, Atlanta United 2 just a... Yeah, a youth-based team, but just feel like they have a lot more to give, but just can't put it together. A lot of interchangeability with this team as well. Players moving up and down from the first team back down to the second team. They do have a lot of bright players. Machop Chol, Jackson Conway, Vicente Reyes, who got called up to Chile. National team duty. They have the talent, but they just can't seem to put it together. For RGV... They are relatively consistent throughout the seasons. They did make the playoffs last year. This year, it seems like it's back to same old, same old RGV. 
It's a good blend of youth and experience, but it just never seems good enough. Um, it, this does feel like a game that they'll come away with another win from, though. So I'll give this game 2-0 to RGV. Atlanta 2, I do think have maybe the quality of over RGV, but RGV just know how to put together a win, it feels like, more so than Atlanta United 2 do. So I'll give the win and the three points to RGV. Next up is definitely an intriguing game. Um, maybe not for some of the reasons you may think, but it's definitely going to be an interesting game. We have FC Tulsa currently ninth in the East against Tampa Bay, who are currently 6th in the East. Um, FC Tulsa's top goal scorer is currently J.J. Williams with 5 goals. Has been very solid for them. Tampa Bay's top goal scorer is currently Jake LaCava with 6 goals. And then FC Tulsa have Sean Lewis in goal with a league-leading 40 saves so far. That just shows you how bad their defense has been in their last five games Tulsa have won one and lost four for a total of three points from a possible 15. Tampa Bay have won two drawn one and lost two for a total of seven points from a possible 15. Tampa Bay definitely have a lot more to offer um, from the talent that they have in this team. Uh, just seems like we're waiting for them to really hit the same page. And then we'll see a full-on Tampa Bay Rowdies team that we know that they are. Tulsa, it feels like we know what they are right now. Attack-wise, they're decent. Defensively, they are incredibly poor. Sean Lewis has been keeping them in a lot of games, it seems. But even him staying on his head is not enough to keep Tulsa from still losing like by three or four goals. And this seems like another game where this will happen. Who knows, though? Tampa Bay have been a bit shaky at times this year. Tulsa have been able to put to string together a couple good defensive performances and a couple good uh, game performances as a whole. But I don't feel like this will be that game. I think Tampa Bay are going to run away 3-0 winners. Even at One Oak, Tampa Bay is just too good for this Tulsa defense to handle. And I think we'll see why tomorrow night for sure next up we have oakland versus orange county and this is another intriguing game now oakland defensively are not that bad it's just offensively even with otar magnus carlson with his eight goals they just have not been that good off other than carlson um in oakland's last five games one win, three draws, one loss for a total of six points from a possible 15. They're currently 12th in the West, still above Monterey Bay, but only by a single point. Orange County currently 11th in the West. Their top goal scorer, Milan Ilovsky, with six goals. Their past five games, two wins and three draws. Um, and they are just one position above Oakland in the Western Conference. Orange County, disappointing all around. They made a lot of good key attacking signings and a lot of good re-signings in this offseason. And it felt like they could be on for a title challenge once again, a good title defense. But clearly, that seems to almost be off the books at this point. 
There is still a lot of time, but with what I've seen so far, I'm very doubtful. Oakland, I don't know. Last year, they surprised us by making the playoffs late on with that absolutely incredible late-season push. Will they do it again this year? I don't know. They've definitely started this year about as bad as last year. But I think we're starting to see them kind of pick it up in these recent games. It's been a lot of draws, only one loss in the past five. And I don't think they're going to lose this game. I think they're going to get a 1-0 win um, against Orange County at home. Another disappointing result for Orange County. Should they lose this game? But I think Oakland defensively uh, will do well enough. And it seems like they've been getting the benefit of the doubt on the penalties. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's another penalty shout for Oakland. Another Magnus Carlson penalty goal. And a 1-0 Oakland win against Orange County. And then on Thursday, we have New York Rebels 2, 14th in the East on um, four points, five losses in their last five. I know they've lost more um, than just that in their recent games, but I've only going in the past five games. So five losses in their last five, 14th in the East, like I said. San Diego, third in the West. In their last five games, one win, two draws, two losses. Kyle Vassell tied with Otar Magnus Carlson with uh, eight goals atop of the Golden Boot standings. Um, New York Rebels 2, they are going to lose this game almost indefinitely. Other than that early season win, they have shown me absolutely nothing. Other than Jordan Iodabao-Smith and their two keepers in Marcucci and Derek Chan. It's been a lot of uh, disappointment from this New York Rebels 2 side, which I don't think is too unexpected based off of, again, the constant changing of players moving up and down, up and down. And then they loaned away Jake Wakaba to Tampa Bay, who has clearly been a fantastic player for Tampa Bay. They loaned in Jordan Adebayo-Smith, who has been all right, but it's clearly not enough. One player can't carry a team that is this out of sorts. So San Diego, I think, will take a 4-1 win here, um, which will put them back on track, back where they want to be, heading in the right direction in the Western Conference. They are still third, but they have the quality to go higher for sure. So that concludes the four game previews. Again, Friday's game preview and the weekend's game preview will be on Thursday's episode. But before I go, just some stats. Um, Currently, the league's top goal scorers may surprise you. It's El Paso with 28 goals scored so far. Um, The teams with the least amount of goals goals scored so far, I don't think will will surprise you. It's New York Rebels 2 and the Charleston Battery, each with seven goals scored so far this season. So not a lot of output from defense, midfield, attack from both of those Eastern Conference sides. Um, Very disappointing, especially from Charleston, who I had high hopes for. Um, For goals conceded so far, the team with the most goals conceded is FC Tulsa with 28 goals conceded. And then, this stat may surprise you as well, the team with the least goals conceded is currently New Mexico United, a very impressive and stout defense. They've only conceded eight goals so far this season. So proving that they still have it at the back. But with that, that wraps up 
today's episode of the All Access USL podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you guys for Thursday's episode.